0: seems gold and bleak and you just can't take any more. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shine through the door. It's hope hopeless show, with there and Rohit woe. It's hope hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit woe.
1: We did it! We did it, episode 100 of The Hopeless Show with, Ciento. Me. Ciento with me, Aaron, and Rohit, and we have done it. We are at episode 100. Wow, do we have a show for you. Uh, should I just tell, tell the audience a few of the things we've got going? Yeah. Let's get right into it. All right. So first, our guest coming later is Graham Green, who was recently in the TV show, you might have heard of it, called The Last of Us. Also, Graham is an Oscar nominee. He's the star of many, 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 many amazing films. He was nominated for uh, "Dances with Wolves" back in the day, an older, uh, older movie. He's been in Di- uh, "Die Hard." He was in "Die Hard," um, one of the stars of that. More recently, he was in the uh, "The 1883," the the show from uh, one of the Yellowstone series. And you know I mean, people know him. He's it's it's really exciting to have someone like he was on um, in the show Molly's get the movie Molly's game. He starred with uh with Val Kilmer in uh Thunder uh what was it called? Thundercat. Um Thunderheart, sorry, Thunderheart. Um you name it, he's been in it. Including so your own film, Tar. Oh yeah, and he was in his biggest title to date is the film Tar. And it's just great to uh to have someone like Graham join us and talk about everything from the, the, uh, the last of us to, to his career to just whatever's on his mind because he's, he's quite a guy. So very excited to have him. We also will have, I, I was at the World Baseball Classic. So we will have on the ground reporting from the World Baseball Classic. And you, Rohit, were at South by Southwest. And we'll be having on the ground reporting from some of the panels from South by Southwest. And then we're going to have a double banger of our regular show. We have two segments of Hope in 60 Seconds. We're going to be talking about, we're getting, MAGA Monday will be here, BTS will be here, Crypto Watch will be here, a crazy debate. What, I mean, you name it, we're going to bring it to you because this is episode 100. How many people make it to a 100 of anything? Uh, probably only like five or six. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So we are one of five or six things ever. What was, uh, was it the home run record? Babe, uh, Hank Aaron's home home run record was 99, right? Exactly. Uh, what, who just LeBron James just got the, uh, all time points record. I think he got to 98 points total in his career. Mm -hmm. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. I think there have been 96 episodes of the Simpsons.
2: Uh, yes. I think
1: that's that, that's exactly accurate. And uh, yeah, that's it. Those are the three things, and we're the fourth hundred thing. That's who we are. And so, so let's talk a little bit about uh, before we get into the show, a little bit about any anything interesting going on with you the last like, I don't know, couple weeks.
2: Yeah, well, it's been a, it's been a little. We had to take a little hiatus since we were both traveling out of the state. You know, out of, out of out of away from our microphones, um, even though we do have portable ones, but we choose to record when we are, you know, in our best studio recording settings, um, as evidenced by if anybody sees the video. You know, you'll notice my beautiful decorations in my background, Aaron's beautiful decorations in his background, and
1: uh, <laughs> I have a mattress so, behind me.
2: Yeah, so there's there's a mattress behind Aaron's head. Um, we we you know maybe he has to sleep in the office now because uh, he's so busy with all his projects so it's probably good
1: oh yeah and and i do have i do have another piece of news personal news yeah i have to share yes please so you might be looking at me right now and thinking aaron looks a little different i had an incident yesterday with my sh- my razor my beard trimmer i went oh. to trim the beard And it broke mid first stroke of the beard and just went right to my face. So I had this like line on my face. So I thought, oh man, luckily I don't have a on camera this week, but what do, what do I do? Because I always just have like a beard. Yeah. So what do I do? Yeah. And so what do I do without? I don't want to go full like baby face. So what do I do? So I figured, you know, what's cool. I'm going to go goatee. So, I have a goatee right now. Unfortunately for me, a lot of people have thought it looks... They've made fun of me for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I don't know if that choice went well. But I do have a goatee right now. We will uh, we'll share a picture on our, on our social. I, I don't feel great about it. But I think it does lead... What do you think of it, Rowan? Well, it's still shocking.
2: It feels like the equivalent of a nose job, before your mouth, um, <laughs> like when, uh, Brian Dable, a New York Giants head coach, when he went from, I think it was this past December, he went from beard to goatee. Uh, it became colloquially known amongst New York Giants fan circles, not as a goatee, but his mouth circle <laughs> uh, <laughs> because yes. Brian Dable is a very big man. He's a very round man. And it was just, he's just kind of like circles on circles. And so his goatee, which is also because he's a very, you know, wide face. It was a round circle on a very round face. So would you say I
1: have a round circle right now?
2: I think you have a better shaped face, you know, or more uh, different shaped face. However, my true and honest to God opinion is I think because of the sort of, I'd say fullness of your lip area, I do believe you'd actually be better served dropping the bottom half and just keeping just a mustache. Really? Yep. Yep.
1: What about if I just let it all grow in and in three days I have a beard again or four days?
2: You could, but then use this opportunity to learn something about yourself. And here's the thing. You can do a halfway mustache, right? And I've done these in the past where you keep your upper lip and you keep your flavor saver, which is right below your lower lip. Mm -hmm. And then you just get rid of the rest. And it kind of that balance. Johnny Depp does it all the time.
1: What if I just Uh, do half, if I shave off half of everything and leave half of everything? So on one side, I look like, you know, I have it and the other side, I don't.
2: I mean, that could also work as long as it's not half where it's equal amounts taken from either side of your mustache, just leaving the middle. Okay. That I think would be um, a little problematic in today's day. You
1: don't think if I did, what if I did the left half of the mustache and the right half of the goatee?
2: I, honestly, I'm I'm here for it. It's not my face. And I think it would make great <laughs> well, social content.
1: Well, this is the segue that we needed. Yes. yes. Because if you remember in the last episode, we were talking about if I should submit to the BYU Virgin Club. They had asked if I would like to be a the Virgin of the Week. Mm-hmm. This is a, a social media site that Rohit and I both follow on Instagram, the BYU Virgin Club. And... I had said, they'd asked if I was interested in being the, and I said, I was. So then I asked them what I, what they would like in my submission. And they said, send a photo of yourself that we can use in a brief two to four sentences, write-ups of what virginity means to you. So I think this is a perfect opportunity to send a picture of my face. And if I did the like half on one side, half on the other side, but didn't mention it at all,
2: they <laughs> made this guy's really committed to his virginity. Yeah. You no, know this is fully authentic. Yeah. I think it's the perfect cover. You could and should work for the CIA, which is a little bit of a teaser. Something we're going to get to later in this talk.
1: Or in All right. So I should, and the uh, it's up in the air still with the BYU virgin club. If I'm going to submit or not, I know you want me to, but now I know what I have to do. And I think I have the face to do it.
2: Yeah. it's. I believe in you. Aaron. I truly, truly
1: do believe in you. Well, Thank you. And since we have a jam-packed show, jam packed show, I mean, it's nuts. Uh, why don't we get into topic one as, yeah. we, uh, as, we, as we go through what we hope for our listeners is going to be your favorite episode yet? And I think it will be. Yeah. And let's kick it off
2: with a little bit of a really fast supercut of some things that I heard at South by Southwest um, with my time on the ground. Dream up things like this. No. <laughs> oh my God! my daughter, once told me something like, Daddy, how do you want me to learn about the world we live in if I don't take risks?
1: What the fuck?
2: What is happening right now? The plane's going to go. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, shit. Oh, let's go, plane.
0: And I came across this program where your brain can interface
2: with a computer. We're going to listen to The Black Hole.
0: And so with
2: exoplanets, one way we can study them and study their atmospheres is by looking at ones that pass
1: in front of their star. Whoa whoa yeah
2: lightsabers yes yes um you know i'll, I'll quickly touch that because you know you also heard jose andres's voice you heard you know a lot of interesting things that were it's in a place of where we're talking about like what's happening with culture and the world and technology and how it all impacts each other and how it's changing you know each year uh, i think there were some really it's it's sometimes you feel jaded when you don't get some of the big breakthrough you know technology or or, or you feel like everything kind of feels the same so i did find that there was a lot of a lot of really neat things. And one thing that I thought was the most interesting was when Disney did give us a look at their almost possibly real lightsaber. Ah. So Star Wars fans, like he pulled out this 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 lightsaber. For those that can't uh, visualize or can't see through audios, um, it's, think of a, of a real lightsaber, but the base is probably almost 80% longer than a regular one. And it has no top. It's just, rather there's no blade. And then he hit it and then a blade grew out of it. And it was like boom, wow, wow, wow. Whoa. and uh i posted that to twitter uh and that started to blow up so now actually abc news just put that money on their reels and really yeah um so it's kind of everywhere again i'm not getting paid for anything uh so that's really fun bro well, it's good at yeah that. i'm really good at having my stuff being in major places and not getting paid but anyway that was fun but what i really Really do want to talk to. And this is a topic for some of the listeners that have been around that we had with our guest, uh, actor Mark Gessner, a.k.a. Matt Gessner. uh,
1: A.k.a. Max Kaiser. Max
2: Kaiser. Yeah, we're we're, when whenever he returns to our show again, you know, he is a recurring guest. um, We will continue to purposely not remember his name or his work. Now, the what we talked about was a little bit of A.I. and some of my fears to it. And I would say, Aaron, looking at the thousands and thousands of available talks and panels and sessions you can go to at South by Southwest in Austin, mm-hmm. so many of them were about AI. So many of them were about the promise of AI and all the cool things it can do for creativity, for work, for business, for personal relationships, for productivity, all of that stuff. But not enough people were making a strong point about the negative effects of AI However, there was some talk, and I'd like to just sort of share my hopelessness with you this yeah, week, please. Aaron, and listeners about artificial intelligence. Now, there is some—you know—there have been some recent updates that we've seen in the news, even outside of South by, where GPT four, which is the fourth version of a. Uh, a generative ai meaning an ai that constantly learns and is able to sort of interact with you and it's 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 understanding from your inputs and it continues to grow and factor those in so if you guys have used chat deep gpt it's something very similar now like the first ai was really like like gpt one was all Mm. about kind of having a bunch of inputs that are already that coders Mm. written in and then the ai would answer as an output and GPT two was like that was giving it kind of like access to like websites and some of that, but GPT two was like giving access to books, um, and then GPT three was giving it access like really to um, like a network of the conversations and aggregating other people's conversations and with it with the AI and just really making it all more encompassing. Now GPT four was just deployed, and you know what GPT four is, Aaron? Now, no, it's giving AI the ability to make even more moral choices on its own people are saying it's going to revolutionize moderation they're saying that gpt4 um, one of the one of the guys the main guys behind it one of the developers he's like this is going to eliminate hate speech on the internet what uh so that that immediately is a very is a note that scares me a lot because how you how? define hate speech is in the eye of the beholder right there's the legal definition, which is, you know, always changing. And then there's the definition of people that want to advance or prevent the advancement of other people um, versus their, themselves. So I think that there's, it's very, very scary to rely. We've already talked about a lot of the censorship and, you know, uh, to rely now on robots to censor is to me a really scary proposition, but this is not even just where it gets scary, Aaron. And this is not even the part okay, I'm most worried about.
1: I, I, I have some thoughts for yes, you. Yes, please yeah. jump in. This is a conversation. Well, with this, I think it could do the opposite. It could turn around. So once we see that AI is getting offended or whatever by different hate speech, this could be the reversal I'm starting to see in our culture already of people being sick of the cancel culture world. And once you see that a robot's getting upset... (laughs) I think it could switch the game so that we're like, wait a sec. We're not like, wait, we're as sense. We're the same sensitivity as a ro- as a robot, as an, as AI. We don't want to, we're humans. We we have tougher skin yeah. than fake skin. <laughs> so I could see there
2: being a reversal. It's it's uh, it maybe, and it's funny. And even on 4chan already, there's been conversations about how people can combat GPT-4 and similar AI being used to monitor and silence their conversations because what they say is that um, if you just kick off every conversation or every thread with a really horrible word, that will then able to ha- you'll be able to have the the AI identify itself or even avoid that conversation altogether. So in the end, it can actually causes way more really? use of those words to to fight back. So it, you're going to see like almost a rubber band snap back from one terrible thing to another. Um, <laughs> there's there's also. Uh, so Amy Webb, who's a, uh, a fan. She's a web more designer. More than that. She, she better is be a, a web designer. renowned futurist. And she gives a huge talk every year there about, um, you know, with like big, big trends and that are pretty, like they're pretty hardcore trends. Um, and what she talked about was having right now, Aaron, do you know what I use uh, AI and GPT for uh, chat GPT? I use it to like, ask questions that can then help me with my creative work to kind of like, just kind of give me some thoughts towards like, Hey, what are situations where this and this happens? And you know, what are some funny things? You know, like I'm kind of always kind of use it for like inspiration that I can then. S- What's you that? know what I
1: use it for? This show, every single topic and everything I'm saying right now, I got the ideas from chat- <laughs> Which is So right now my responses to you are based in uh, what chat GPT told me
2: to say you know if that was really the case aaron we applaud you for your use of the technology however you can't contain this with a simple reply
1: wait one second told me to say thank you you're
2: welcome um and (laughs) there's i think one really interesting thing and you know i've I've got a, a few bits of this and i don't want to keep it too long we do have a very long episode but my fear comes from ai now being able to read thoughts Okay, so they've they've done some analysis where they had AI uh, that were reacting to people's uh, sort of it was like it can literally read their minds. There's a team from Osaka that was able to construct. They were doing MRIs and then having AI reconstruct those brain waves in their MRI. They said, okay, think of an image. Hmm. And Aaron, I'm going to send you an image um, of what the the people were seeing what the AI just using analyzing brainwaves was able to actually read people's minds now this is in in the chat or in your in our I just texted you and as Aaron clicks in it I'm going to just describe it to the audience they have presented images as reconstructed images the top left you'll see the top person thought of a teddy bear and they were like you know um and then the reconstructed image it is a teddy bear um, then there's like a house down a lane with like trees, and then that's exactly, we've got planes, people skiing, a clock tower. It. This is like literally, computers can now read our minds. Aaron, do you?
1: All right, so if you were to go see these reconstructed images, this is where I have hope, it still shows that our images in our brains are way cooler than the images what if you're, that are reconstructed. What if you're a police officer, so,
2: and you have access to this, to this technology, And all of a sudden, you have people. You're trying now. You're using people's thoughts, AI's interpretations of their thoughts, which is gonna happen. You have thought crime.
1: I guess this is why we have we have to defund. Yeah, defund defund AI. Now, defund AI. I don't actually believe in defunding the police, so I just want to make that clear. But I do uh, with your reconstructed images. Like, there's a teddy bear, and then there's a reconstructed teddy bear that sort of looks like a deformed cat that has a big growth on its neck. Then there is a picture of a house with people walking. And instead it looks like a bad Monet picture. Then you have a plane and it's a regular airplane flying. And the thing below it looks sort of like a white turtle. It's a play. Uh, yeah. And then next, I don't know. These are a little weird. The clock tower. It, anyway, Yes, there, there are, I think that AI is problematic for, uh, a lot of reasons. Um, I think this only means that we have to push as humans to be that. I hope
2: so. Better. But okay. AI, AI is only going to get smarter. And the fact that, that governments, police forces are going to be using it. Imagine what China's going to do. If they are then tracking, they're not only tracking what people, their citizens are saying online, they're track. they're going to be tracking what they're thinking of. And then I'm Imagine Russia does it. Imagine we do it.
1: Well, like, like, you know what? Like, you know what? Um, Like, totally. Guess what? This is why this show is going to keep going. Because we have to keep the show going until we get to a point when AI takes over the world. And that gives me hope. Because that means we have a purpose with this show to go... Keep going until AI takes over the world. And once Rohit and I get taken over by AI, hey, I recommend you keep listening to AI Rohit and AI Aaron, but we will be... Yeah, I mean, you can't replace... Or will the... Artificial
2: intelligence can't replace you when you don't have intelligence. So that's why we're safe. We're protected.
1: We're safe. We are. We have been marked safe. To yes, and artificial and, intelligence. Yes. There we and, go. And the last Both thing I'll say and
2: move on is that it's kind of sad, kind of funny, um, but yeah. To ending on a note where the. One thing that Amy Webb did say that this is gonna be the death of search because people aren't gonna be looking for answers, it's gonna be the era of recommendations. People aren't gonna be on discoveries because AI is gonna anticipate what they want, what they want to see and it's never, they're not gonna search anymore because AI is gonna know what they're searching for and give them a curated list according to what AI determines what happens. It means less human interaction, it means we are just gonna be spoon fed and spoon fed and we're not gonna look for answers ourselves and the answers will be hidden because everybody's gonna trust the AI. So anyway, yes, if there's any robots listening out there, I mean no harm, but I want the end. Of oh,
1: it. if there are if there are any ro- robots listening out there, please like yes. and subscribe to our show. Uh, leave a good review. Five stars if you're enjoying this show, robots. And that gives me hope, too. We can get more. Uh, we can get even more listeners and more yes. uh, reviews. But, uh, from let's, robots. Let's move on. Hope thanks. Thanks for, for all your listens. So we're going to go on to our next segment. We're going to cover all the segments that you've grown to like on this show. And we even have a crazy submission and, uh, and some hope fulfilled at the end of the show. But right now, we are going into a brief segment that we call Crypto Watch, where we have been analyzing the state of cryptocurrency and the crypto world, the um, unregulated finan- uh, currency world. And this week, there have been crazy things happening with regular currency. That I find to be very interesting and might give us hope for cryptocurrency. Because as we know, there were some bank issues and a few banks uh, imploded. And you know what that did to crypto, Rohit? It made it go way up. People started trusting banks less and crypto more. And I think crypto went up like 7 or 8% just because of that. And so I think we've done this segment for a while. We've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations with this site, with this topic because crypto was doing really well, then it was terrible. We've given recommendations on this show. If you're newer to the show, about crypto that we think would be good. Again, we don't want anyone to take our advice, but that we think would be good. None of our predictions have been correct, but in this case, I think this gives hope for a brighter future for crypto because of the bank collapsing.
2: What do you think? I I hope so. I mean, to have institutions that are independent or hopefully independent of the absolute mismanagement that our government has been put doing with our money over the many years and the mismanagement of the corporations that, and them taking advantage of rules and them continuously getting bailed out at the cost of the taxpayer. And yes, many have paid off their bails, but some have not. And
1: no, like Biden said that they're everyone's going to get their money, but our $100 billion safety net is going to go way down so that everyone can get their money from the bank collapsing. So the government is helping here. But part of the reason we got into this mess with these banks in the first place is in 2018, there was some uh, further deregulation of uh, of banks. So done by the government, which led to this possibly happening. And then the government's now having to come and bail it out again. So it's uh it's a mess.
2: Yeah. It's, 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 it dates back further than that. It, uh,
1: yeah. Oh, of course. But there, there were some things taken away in 2018 that probably, Yeah, but
2: this was been. also the fact that this bank was going out of their way to being a little bit risky with what, with how they were spreading their money around the fact that also, uh, you know, that banks you're only insured for the first $250,000. Um,
0: yeah. That, that, oh, right. There's
2: there's just a lot of fuckiness. and
1: But it gives us hope for crypto, I think. Yeah, how so? Because people aren't going to trust banks as much. So they're going to be, oh, you know what? We should put our money in crypto. That's at least stable enough now. It's actually going up a bit.
2: And, you know, it's, it's sad that we need to get to a place where we have to abandon, I think, or find ways to show that there is, this is going to be accelerationism in many ways. I think though, what what needs to happen is our economy, obviously is headed for really bad times. This could just be icing, you know, or look to the the, scratching the surface for where, how bad the economy is going to get. Um, And there's, we we are not we are absolutely not and the sad part is is in order for us to even have any sort of lessons we need to actually suffer and fortunately i guess part of the hope for me is we are going to suffer pretty bad um and then maybe though those of us that held on uh to some of our old crypto as you're saying can at least find some solace but yeah this is like going to tank retirements this is there's, there's there's a lot of bad stuff that's coming that's gonna be happening the
1: well, my hope is that I don't think that's going to happen. I think the uh, just like World War Three did not happen like you predicted, I think that uh, the tanking won't happen like you're predicting.
2: Okay. I mean, well, we'll see. But it's this is not a good economy right now. This
1: is a very, very, very poor economy. We're in trouble. Yeah, we'll see. It's, it's, we'll see. It's not our debate. We're yeah, going to get to our debate, de- but we'll see. We, we have different takes here, which leads us to our yes. sports update because a lot of times we talk about sports things that are going on right now. In this case, I was at one of them. So let me just, I'll, let me play a clip of, of being at the World Baseball Classic in Arizona. Well, heading to the World Baseball Classic, uh, it's gonna be wild. There are people everywhere in all kinds of different country uniforms. It is so wild here in Arizona at Chase Field where the Diamondbacks play big stadium. I've never been there before. It's going to be wild. I'm going to try to bring you a sound from the game because Mexico, United States, it's going to be nuts. The cheers, the jeers, big rivalry. It's like the World Cup of Baseball. Oh man, there's people walking down the street and you see people are covered head to toe in Mexico stuff. People have their face painted. It's going to be wild. USA, Mexico. Here we go. On the ground, Aaron here, out.
0: Woo! Oh, You're playing a coin. I won't bother
1: you, but okay, Canada. I'm just out here bringing you a few of the sounds from around this uh, this crazy event. It's so cool. All the different chants, cheers, and. Uh... crowd was nuts right I I must have been so electric it it was it felt like a the energy was nuts it was like a world cup thing like I was saying and it's it was like the passion with the fans the enthusiasm all the outfits it was just it was contagious it was just it was so exciting walking around the streets of Phoenix and just seeing people left and right just with full of energy and passion for their country, for baseball, for it, it was, it was truly something. And then to see the USA get destroyed, this is America's sport. Like it was invented here and Mexico destroyed the US was wild. It was just like, I mean, US is pro- is going to still advance as is Mexico, but it was just nuts to see n- how much more passion, at least in that first game. The second game, the U.S. had more passion. But the first game, it was like, oh, yeah, they're just trying to hit homers, whereas Mexico played as a team in a country. And it was, it was uh, exhilarating to watch. And I recommend everyone, well, the finals are, I think, in a week, everyone watch because it's, it's really exciting stuff. It's, just, it's very different than normal regular season baseball. And it's much more like a World Cup app. Yeah,
2: I mean, even looking at my hat right now, I got a Japan hat, and that was one, I think, one of the most exciting baseball games I've ever been to when we went to the World Baseball Classic a bunch of years ago where Japan was playing the U.S. in Dodger Stadium. I bought that that, that J hat. Um, and they're, they're in the quarterfinals, too. So we've got some good WBC coming up. But Aaron, um, I think you mentioned off-air to me, but, um, you know, you did see, like I said, you did see two Spanish-speaking teams. So do that, and the,
1: the yeah, talk oh, about yeah. that. So the other a game I went to was Colombia versus Mexico. There were far more Mexican fans than Colombian fans because we're closer to Mexico than Colombia. But the whole game, the entire, like the PA announcer, everything was in Spanish, all the music, everything was Spanish. So it was like being at a spanish-speaking event even though it was in arizona it was all spanish the pa system was in spanish the music was all mexican music or colombian music and the fans going back and forth the colombian fans and the mexican fans i mean they they definitely didn't like each other and and it was just a cool thing to see to watch that to watch two a uh, central american uh, country versus a south american country just really hate each other and also again that country pride is something i i saw at this that they have a lot more than than we have in the u.s a lot of the time the 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 excitement for their country and the the pride they had in their country winning was was very uh it was. It was like you wanted. You almost. I. I wanted to almost be
2: Colombia or Mexican. <laughs> a, yeah, I mean, it's it, interesting how we've even got some really great matchups still. It. it does I think. I mean, these are going to be great matchups. But I think what I'm kind of like, you know, chuckling at is looking at Italy versus Japan in the second round.
1: Um, yeah, Italy and, uh, coming out of nowhere, led by
2: Mike Piazza. But just kind of thinking, cracking up. If you were to like talk to a soldier in 1945, you know. Like 80 years ago, (laughs) like, oh, we're going to be watching two thirds of the axis of evil, like play America's game, you know, like it's, (laughs) um, how much our world has changed and evolved and how much countries have, you know, obviously changed and everything, which is very funny looking back at a historical perspective where baseball being such an old sport. That is,
1: that is funny that, uh, and here we had American baseball players during World War II going leaving yep. baseball Joey D and going to the Joe war Joe DiMaggio like Joe DiMaggio Ted Williams and and now th- those countries that we uh, that were our enemies are Extremely we're all just playing a friendly tournament now. together yeah so it is it, that is an interesting point Roet. I appreciate you bringing I, tr- that I up. try to bring up the and Holocaust also,
2: World War II whenever I can.
1: Yeah. Love a good Holocaust story Big
2: fan Just kidding yeah.
1: As a Jew I can say that I can say that Because <laughs> I am interested in different Holocaust stories Because my family's lineage is, goes back to it So please Oh and, and for those new listeners by the way we, we push the limits with this show a lot We almost get cancelled a lot But we're still here It's episode 100 And it is now time for Open60 60 Seconds one of our favorite segments, and today we are bringing you two Hope in 60 Seconds, where we bring you Hope in 60 Seconds, just like the segment says. This is the first segment, and then later in the show, we will have a second Hope in 60 Seconds. So, Rowan, yeah, do you want to Yeah, for
2: us those off? listeners, new listeners, we are not far away from our big interview with Graham Greene, so we're going to lead into uh, some more fun, but let's us do some Hope in 60. What this means is that Aaron and I have one minute to solve really difficult topics, and we think sometimes a simple answer or a difficult answer we found in a very simple way. Uh, and so what's going to generally take, I'll take about 30 seconds to, one of us take 30 seconds to read the, the sort of problem. The other will have 30 to answer it. And we are going to be really strict on the timing now. Okay. None of this extending past. If it's not solved, it's not solved. So I'm going to start my timer. Um,
1: After episode 100, yes, we better solve it. Yes. It's our duty. It's our job. And we appreciate you listeners so much. So it is our job to solve this for you.
2: All right. I'm going to hit start and go. So... Um, there right now there's been uh, t- over 23 whales uh, it's 23 and counting whales have died with two wind turbines that have been placed out into the ocean the whole uh, right now the a lot of marine biologists community is like there is a very solid chance that the sonar is just having these getting the whales confused and, the, and the, the waves are getting these whales confused and these big beautiful enormous whales are just dying by the dozens and they're already critically endangered and right now uh, it's being classified as as um, oh, there's there's needs more context because oh we're not there's not enough evidence to support this but there's no other answer right now so oh, we're losing the whales help Aaron what do we do with these stupid turbines
1: stop the sonar stop it stop it immediately because whales are a beautiful creature and we must stop the uh, the technology that's going on to that might be killing them even if it might be killing and them too bad like the death like the death penalty if you might be innocent you can't shouldn't be killed. I say that I'm goes for you. whales. I'm too. with you and right in time,
2: right in time. Oh so I, I think, I and think then we give a, we give a, hope whales has it. always been a big, a big, big thing. So let's, let's us do that. And also the sad part is now there's hundreds of these turbi- uh, turbines that are about to be installed um, across the ocean. Yes, Stop the turbines. Do whatever I can to fight the whales. Anyway, save the whales. Next one. Next one. Um, we go from whales and I'm going to start to worms. Now in China, there was a video. A viral video of a uh, city in China where it was raining worms out of the sky, thousands and tens of thousands of worms splatting on cars, sidewalks, people. People thought this was this is a fake video, but actually, it was all about um, you know Mother Nature picking up these worms after heavy winds and then just carrying them over a city. Um, gross. Aaron Hope.
1: I have no idea why you feel hopeless about this. I think that is awesome. I would love if it rained worms here. That would be so cool. I would take videos of it. I'd go out there. You know in the Shawshank Redemption at the end when Tim Robbins finds gets to free land and he puts his arms out like he's free now i would go out there and just embrace the worms i feel so much (laughs) hope in this and i hope it rains worms in our country and in los angeles it rains so much here already let it rain worms
2: okay i guess i would mix things up it hasn't raining a lot here okay fair i feel hope i'm hoping the hell out of that cloudy with a chance of worms thank you for thank you for bringing me up great okay this was not the intention but you're welcome and um, the last <laughs> bit that we, uh, before we move on, because um, we're going to do Hope in 60 in two phases today. The last one is a very interesting story, and I'm going to start now. And So we have the Mexican president, uh, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. He posted a photo of an Alex, which is like kind of a mischievous woodland spirit in mind folklore, an elf. He posted an elf, Uh, uh, on his Instagram, and he is completely convinced he saw an elf. And this is a president that runs a country.
1: Again, Rohit, for the second time in a row, you have given me only hope. I wish all presidents would see elves. I think that imagine if Biden came out and said he saw an elf like, yes, some would say he has dementia. Others would like me would be like, that's awesome. Where can I see the elf? So this brings me tons of hope once again. Uh, that that if he sees an elf, maybe there's a chance that someday in my lifetime I will also yeah. see.
2: Well, an this elf. just reinforces the fact that the majority of people running our world's governments should not be in government.
1: So, or elves, yeah. elf, or maybe should take over. Maybe he's onto something.
2: Maybe he really did see it.
1: I'm hope gonging that too. That just is exciting. <laughs> I would love to see an elf today. I would love for it to rain worms, and then I look over to my right and I see an elf enjoying the <laughs> worms with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, now we have a debate. Now that we've uh, done the first half, only the first half of Hope and sixty, and then after the debate, we're gonna yep, go right into big Graham. interview coming but, up. Uh, why don't you? Why don't Why don't you bring? Uh, bring so us a, a the, in the debate
2: is this. This is about a very recent a patent that uh, that Ford has put out. And what they want to do is they found a patent that would allow your car to drive away from you and go back to the dealership if you miss your payments. Now, Aaron, let's debate. Is this a good innovation to protect businesses and make sure people are making their payments? Or is it an overreach of technology?
1: I, I, uh, well, I'll add this in Arizona. Actually, they have a ton of those Mm -hmm. self-driving cars now. They're wild. Like watching them drive around and you have to like wait to cross the street before the car with no people in it drives just as a trip. It's really cool to watch. So I do think that those are cool, but in this case, I'm not a big fan of big business. I don't like anything that would help them more and you never know why a payment is late for whatever reason so i think this is an overreach i do not
2: And like this. for me i in one hand <coughs> honestly if you fucking buy something pay for it and
1: having but you never know what could be happening maybe it's it got lost in the mail like you just never know what might have happened there could have been a credit card problem and then to have your car leave you because of something that might be completely out of your control because there are mistakes that happen all the time with payments. Uh, I just think that's
0: a Yeah, I mean, for evil. me,
2: it's funny. I I kind of side with business for part of this because pay for your shit. Um, and I doubt it'll be after <laughs> one this payment. But my concern comes from, if it starts repossessing itself and you've got like a baby in like the fucking car seat in the back or And then all of a sudden, your baby and your car are gone in one fell swoop. That's scary. Or your pet. Yeah. Or, you know, or you need it in terms of an emergency because you don't know the reasons. You're right. Um, But to me, the biggest, the bigger thing is this technology being placed into consumer cars. Remember, if a company can put it out, that means it has to go past government regulation, right? Uh, that, That do this, right? Yep. And we know that our government will only make decisions based on either the lies they want to get votes or the money that they're getting from, uh, you know, from these various groups, you know, organizations, capital, you know, the, the, the corporations to, to approve things. There's no other reason that any law is ever, 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 ever passed um, or any regulation. So right now what you're saying now is you that means the government is and police are going to have access to be able to move your car. To repossess your car. This is just another one of the reasons I am extremely against. Here's something: I'm very invested in technology, but I think AI is the worst thing to happen to our world since possibly the creation of the nuclear bomb. I'm not even being. That's not even. That's to Yikes. me. That's not even an exaggeration. I'm not even just being, you know, a bit silly. And I think things like this, where we are having autonomous repossession of cars, is putting all the power into the people that do not have your best interests at heart without you even being able to control it. So, which is why I will continue to only drive non-autonomous, even just manual transmission cars that are unable to be repossessed and drive themselves away. Um, mm. So, I'm with you. I think, I think that, that, this, that Ford is on the wrong side of history here, but it's gonna be the side of history that it will be a reality.
1: I don't like that reality a hellscape i think a lot of lot of my a lot of my purchases are going to be repossessed now because they're going to fly away from me a lot so this is depressing well enjoy it while you can people who try to rip off companies (laughs) keep ripping them off until until you can't anymore enjoy it while you can that's my hope take advantage of the system for as long as you possibly can go to mexico with your car hide it there don't pay for it. <laughs> Just don't get internet connected. Of course. No, please. Well, I feel hoping that we, it, we're all about living in the now. We're all about living in the now and in the now, again, take advantage of the system. And speaking of systems, Rohit, we have our guest, Ooh. our guest. He has been part of the acting system in our, uh, is that, that a good transition? Flawless. He has been part of the acting. Thank you, thank you. He has been part of the acting system forever. Graham Greene, we are uh, it is great to have a, an award-winning actor like Graham Greene join us for episode one hundred. So, uh, so now let's uh, let's let's hear from the man himself. We have a uh, a friend of mine, Oscar dominated He's been in movies like uh, like Tar. Uh, I think that's what he's most known for is the film Tar. Yeah. Uh he's also been in some smaller films. The original such Tar,
2: as, not not this current, not the
1: new Tar. Not the, the not oh, the new original. Tar. The original Tar from twenty twenty. Yeah. He's also yeah. been in some smaller films like Green Mile, Die Hard, Dances with Wolves. Um recently Wind in River. The, Wind River, which was oof, one of my favorite movie of that year, a few years yeah. ago. Um, uh and then
0: uh, The Last of Us. The Last of Us. Other- Another TV series coming out pretty soon called Echo. Ooh.
1: Actually, I'm it's curious. A, what, can you tell us a little about Echo?
0: Uh, no, I'm on an NDA. I can't really say anything about it.
1: So all we know is the, uh, is the title. So we could try to yeah. guess.
0: Actually, yeah, I know on. exactly what it's going to be about. It's going
2: to be about Echo the Dolphin. Based <laughs> on the 1991 Nintendo game. Um, where you are a dolphin and you're hopping through rings and it's really hard. I'm assuming no, I'm 100% correct.
0: 100%, no, it, it's based on Flipper. You know, remember the TV series Flipper? Yeah, going to go, Flipper, yes. Flipper. And he's right there. like, I got it. Here I you dumb little asshole. Flipper, yeah. Flipper.
2: I mean, all the kids have been asking for a grittier Flipper.
0: So <laughs> yeah, we're getting yeah, it. Yeah, this guy, this one's got tattoos on his. He's all sleeved out on one fin. <laughs> the, this is the last a of Mohawk Flipper. Mohawk haircut. Yeah,
2: he's wearing a, a dolphin thong. He's just all out. He's just, you know.
1: He's right out there, man. We yeah. would, uh, I mean, we've now just created a better, a better, whatever Echo is, I think this is even better. Yeah, it will be.
0: Uh, Echo's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. interesting film.
2: Well, we have Can to. Can you say uh, the uh, the network?
0: Uh, it'll be on Disney. It's oh. Marvel.
1: Oh. Marvel,
0: Marvel, Disney. I don't know how many names they changed it many uh, contracts i signed oh you're working for marvel no i'm working for disney well disney is marvel really so what's marvel <laughs> it <is>. it's disney <laughs> okay oh what's disney uh, marvel okay
2: it's a circular reference it's like, yeah
0: you know, it's, it's the like never-ending film i saw the guy said hey world war one they're walking and he says hey look there's a hawk and the guy says that's not a hawk it's a kestrel he says, "What's a kestrel?" He says, "A hawk." <laughs> go figure. Uh, this is,
1: these are uh, amazing anecdotes. <laughs> I think we're, we're I think we're teaching everyone uh, about uh, about life lessons, and that, uh, that nobody. Well, This knows was anything. a great interview. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, it does it does go back to what. Um, the uh, great screenwriter uh, wrote in his, his book, uh, Adventures in Screen Trade, William Goldman, uh, he wrote, said uh, about Hollywood, nobody knows anything. And I think you I know, think this proves it.
0: I <laughs> you know we did, uh, what were we doing? Maverick and the late Richard Donner, who I just loved, loved him so much. He's a great guy. But uh, Goldman, he wrote it and he's standing behind the monitors and Donner comes up, and Mel and I are standing there, and he grabs our scripts, and he throws them over his shoulders and says, now go act. Oh, whoa. Right in front what? of William <laughs> Goldman. I
1: so said, what what does he do?
0: We, we Both of us looked at one another and says, Dick, what, what do you want us to do? And he says, act. You're actors, act. <laughs> what? What, what? Give us some kind of scenario or anything. I don't care. We'll ad lib our butts off. But just give us something a crumb, what do you want us to do here? And he he said something, and we went, okay. So we spitballed it around and made up a bunch of crap, and he shot it, and he he was laughing his ass off. Donner was laughing the beat hell, and and Goldman says, you know, I think I heard one of my words.
1: (laughs) The.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the. the. Donner's laughing the beat hell. He's laughing away. Then he stopped and he went, Do it again. Only funnier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, what uh
1: so did it end up what ended up on the on screen?
0: All the stuff that we had lived. Oh none really? Of, none of none of the script ended up on screen
1: from the one of the most prolific screen screenwriters of all time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his secret was to just let
2: everybody ad-lib so yeah that's oh how man, he did raiders of the raiders
1: of the lost ark was uh was completely ad lib the whole movie <laughs> yeah
0: well Perfect. Uh, the, the one uh the one scene uh, uh, uh harrison heard his back and he couldn't do this fight sequence and the guy with those, swinging that big scimitar on practice for a whole week, doing the moves and Harrison couldn't do it. So he, the guy comes at him with the scimitar and he goes, Oh uh, pulls out a gun and
2: goes,
1: that's what's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that was improv. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
2: I had no idea.
1: Dude, a, uh... <laughs> that's amazing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, Graham. How? I mean, we did a little together um, with uh, with our movie, but how often do you get to improv versus uh, versus stick to the script?
0: Every chance I get.
1: Like in uh, in Tar, you got to say, uh, well, you, you got to call me a name.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but you're such a. Uh,
1: yeah. Can right. I say it? I yeah, say you it? can say it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Aaron said to me something, and I said, "I said, you're a Greenwood's boy." And he goes, "Yeah." And I said, "But you're such a pussy."
1: <laughs> and guess, and guess what's in the movie? And everybody's guess what's in the him,
0: movie? Everybody's calling him a pussy in the film.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because I think you're and your character in that movie. I think when you were like sitting like outside, kind of like there's a fence behind you in front of a park, I
1: believe. Right? Yeah, yeah that, that was tar, yeah, that, that, that was a tarp. That was the tarpist. This was right. yeah. this was in his like cave and oh, it was just a, like that, his that room. That was cave. a nuts
0: day. That was a nuts day. Aaron didn't even have any pay duty backup. There was no cops, no nothing, no security. <laughs> People are walking through between the camera and us. And this bus stops and he goes, there's a lot of films being made in L.A. Oh, there's one now, just off to the right. If you'll <laughs> notice, there's some actors that are shut up, shut up, get out of here. Yeah, but they do this all the time. They make films like even here at the Liberator. Get out of here.
1: <laughs> it's it's true. The Star Tours, it was like a star, I think it was called The Star Tours, and it it knew exactly how to screw up a movie. Like, that should be their thing. We screw up movies. <laughs> oh, there's a few for you.
2: They... <laughs> yeah i mean they get paid to troll movies people will pay to get on their bus and then they take money and they just ruin movies
1: let's find a movie that cheapened out and did not hire a cop and let's go screw that up
0: they just phone the sag (laughs) hotline and we'll see where productions are yeah we were actually
1: we were filming on the exact same block as sag the sign yeah. it, for SAG is like next to SAG was right we were, down the street. Right down the street, and we were doing something that they would not approve. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I kept looking up at the building and I hope someone, I hope nobody comes out. I yeah, nobody comes yeah. out. Hey, what are you guys yeah. doing? Uh, nothing, nothing. It's a mayonnaise commercial. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
1: just say hi, say hello to my two signatories. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the middle fingers, yes. uh, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, one thing, Graham, for with with working with you, one thing I learned from you, um, and I'm guessing a lot of people learn from you because you're uh, a brilliant at your craft, is uh, the you. the eye trick, and uh, it'll always stick with me. About, you know, everyone says in in acting school and stuff, they always say you know you can't look at at camera, but do you want to say the trick that you do? Are you allowed to uh to reveal it because I've used it ever since and it's. Uh, I don't know what that was. Oh, <laughs> well, I'll remind you. You said to me, you can always keep one eye um, looking slightly at camera, because, especially for an intense scene because it connects you more to the audience. Yeah, so, both eyes.
0: Yeah. yeah so, if the camera can see both eyes on a off shot, then you're okay. And it just adds another dimension. But if you turn like that, it just disappears. But if you turn like that, where you can see the lens with both eyes. And uh, it registers.
1: It changes everything. So it's just a it's a great it's uh it's one of those things that sticks with me and I just I love those little uh
0: trick tricks. Yeah, well and, I get a whole wagon load of them, don't worry.
1: <laughs> and I, I remember I noticed in Wind River when you do it and it's like it just gets more intense. Everything feels elevated, right? Yeah, that's the whole
0: point of the uh, the whole point of the exercise. To transmit to uh, the audience. Uh, it, it's like twice the feeling, I guess. I don't know, but it just looks better. And um... I learned that from I learned that from Steve McQueen. <laughs> Stole it from Steve McQueen. I should really. Say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> were you? Were, did you? Uh... Did you learn cuz he uh he pulled you aside and and said, "Hey, this is what you do," or did uh is no, it just no, a trick? No, I just
0: watched I, I do my homework. I just watched a lot of good actors and steal from the best. That's my motto.
1: And what yeah, what uh just going back a little cuz uh I'm I'm curious. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Before being an actor, uh you had a, a number of uh of of professions. Oh yeah um I did what was that what was your what was your standout one what was your favorite pre oh uh, I don't know
0: I just I uh, was an iron worker a uh, carpet layer carpenter uh, draftsman, uh, civil technologist uh, welder did I say that I'd, I th- I've done a whole lot of stuff but it's just life lessons but my best acting teacher was a park bench just <laughs> watching people in their behavior and reactions you know it's it's real that's that's real stuff that's real thing that's the real thing that's the now that's what's happening that's the present now were all of those
2: jobs while you were also trying to pick up gigs and do rehearsals or was that or was there a moment you know in during this you know what
0: i think i want to i want to act no i never wanted to act didn't want to do it i was working i had a partner when he had a four track recording studio in Canada. And uh, I was quite happy doing that. And this guy came over and he kept bothering me all the time. He said, you know, you, you look really good on the screen. And I said, no, I don't No, No, I don't think so. He said, come on, man. Can, you know, look, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you a script here. I just want you to look at it. I'm making a little demo. on No point. Cause I don't, I don't know anything about it. And I don't no I, I'm not going to do it. So he left the script, and he kept coming back every day. And he was banging on the studio door. And uh, I wouldn't answer it. I shut everything off. And he says, I know you're in there. I can hear you breathing. (laughs) So I opened the door, and I said, what do you want? And he goes, did you read the script? And I said, no, I didn't read the script. I'm not going to read the script. Oh, come on, man, just take a look at it. Okay, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut cards. If you win, I'll do it. If I win, leave me alone. So shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. I put the cards on the console, and uh, he pulled. He he picked his card, and I picked mine, and I looked at it, and it was two of clubs. <laughs> and so he no, it was a two of spades. I'm sorry, can't get any lower in the deck than that, you know. So I just I said, okay, I'll take a look at it and uh, realize that. I don't have to carry anything. I don't have to do anything. I just this is great. I can do this. Just stand on a spot and lie about what you're doing and go and sit in the shade for a while and come back and lie about what you're doing some more and eat and uh, go home. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can get used to, I I can get used to this. <laughs> Somebody drives you around, you know, that's okay.
1: And what 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 was that first uh, role?
0: I don't know. It was some some silly he he was a western fanatic so it was something to do with uh, i forget what it was about to do with oh, it was about a, a a guy from europe came over with the first uh first automatic uh gun it looked like an uzi huh. Ooh. i don't know but uh he gave. It, he, he was dying, but he gave the plans to this cowboy, and the cowboy went to a blacksmith and had it built. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. A blacksmith can build a. Flat <laughs> <laughs> <Build another man. laughs> <laughs> out to do it. It's a little bit bent, but that's all right. Put it in the forge.
2: Yeah, they're hammering.
0: <laughs> 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 Made it out of old horseshoes.
1: <laughs> sounds like it. Sounds like this film yeah. is ov- obviously a classic
0: you know whatever <laughs> and nobody ever saw it <laughs> so then Which how did that thing. how
1: did the movie that nobody ever saw lead to you doing movies that people did see
0: i don't know i did a couple of theater workshops and i started working in theater and uh, somebody saw me on stage and they wanted me to be in a production at the canadian broadcasting corporation so mm-hmm. They did a screen test on me. They they hired me for a, a day to do a screen test, basically while I was shooting the stuff. Then I got a audition. They called me for an audition. Then I took over. I was a uh, an executive director for an uh, an arts organization for a couple of years. That, that handled uh, actors, native actors, and uh, I'd pick all the juicy parts. And, <laughs> <laughs> good audition for them. Not, not tell anybody. <laughs> I got and to I'll go be- to England. I got to go to England. I got to go to South America. I got got to go to Norway and work there. So that was that was pretty good. And
1: then Hollywood came coming.
0: Yes, yes.
1: This uh, weird place called Hollywood. Then they they found you.
0: Yeah, they Who found
1: did-
2: me. I Tried to hide, but they yeah, found poor me. Important question. Now, important question coming, you know, you talked about England, South America, Norway. Now, the big question that like, everybody's wondering is once you made it to Hollywood, did the craft services get better or worse
0: <laughs> compared to like Norway and South America? Oh, about the same. I know Norway We had fresh okay. fish every day and uh, yeah. pickled herring and onions and things like that. And uh, good bread, really good bread. But, uh, Caterings is catering, you know. Yeah. You go, I call it grazing at the craft food table. You walk over there and you look at it, and you don't take anything away. You just walk over and look at it, <laughs> just to know it's there. <laughs>
1: and then you go get a Snickers bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, Years ago,
0: I, I I couldn't afford to eat. Now they're paying me not to eat, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, and then what 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 was your. Uh your first Hollywood uh, role? I actually don't know which uh, which was uh, oh. the first big one.
0: Let's see, what the hell did I do? Oh, the Billy Mills story called Running Brave back in 19...
1: Oh God, 1981, I guess. Yeah, somewhere around there. And so to, uh, fa- to flash forward, um, to go from... Theater and the guy, the blacksmith story, which which everyone wishes had come out, and to uh, and uh, you know from Nor and Norway, everything you're talking about to now. Um, I know being in uh, Rohit's, I think one of his favorite shows uh, with a tiny budget, The Last of Us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's Rohit's.
0: I think it's like your favorite show, right? Yeah, it was just. It is, I mean, yeah. It was one day with the, one of the favorite actors who's not to work, Elaine Miles. She's so funny and dry. It's just incredible. But the, the city of Calgary, Alberta, in Canada, they were just ready to kill them because they shut down streets and they had all these junk cars and stuff, and they were filming in, right in the city. And they, they got all those sequences done in one week for that episode, and they moved out into the country. And they were quite welcome not to come back again. <laughs> in, the, in the town, so I don't know what we are doing. Yeah. Everything's shot, and i went in the bush and in the woods now. So we're safe. Yeah. They're they're oh. safe. I don't know.
1: And I
2: that, mean, so your, that,
1: your interplay with actually go ahead, Aaron. No, I just uh, you know just so everyone uh, listening knows, Calgary, Alberta is is the new Hollywood.
0: Well. We're about get to change tax, that tax yeah. uh, tax benefit tax 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 incentive. We're about to change that in Ontario. A friend of mine named uh, Stephen Wallace is putting together a six stage studio in northern Ontario, and uh, across a certain line that runs through Ontario, above that is a thirty five percent tax break, which is ten percent higher than down south. And that's a lot of money when you're talking, you know, twenty million bucks. That's a lot of money to be put back on the screen so that's, yeah. that's good
1: and good for ontario yeah. and rowit you i know you have a couple uh a couple yeah questions. yeah
2: i mean yeah so graham aaron and i have just been uh you know just been going kind of going back and forth just like oh my god there's a million things we want to ask you but he promised me some dedicated time where we could talk about the last of us and your role on the hbo mega hit okay. right now yeah um now it- just it, oh, it's it's the biggest show on television. Really, It is the biggest show. Yeah, and it's right now, it's every... They just, the finale just aired this past Sunday, but pretty wow. much whenever it's on, it's like the top trending topic. Uh, you have all these blogs, so many podcasts, recapping every episode. Like And, and wow. it's based on one of my favorite video games of all time. Now, my question is, oh. so as you're kind of like, uh, I guess you're, you're reading the script, were you familiar with the franchise or have you played the game or was it something
0: completely new to you? Well, I'm, I'm 70 years old. I don't sit on the couch with a little thingy and go, I don't do that. <laughs> first of all, I don't know how. Second of all, I don't know how. And third of all, I don't know how. <laughs>
2: well, I can, you know, I think the first two can definitely be, uh, you know, you can figure them out. Um, now yeah. when, you uh, when you were, uh, I guess they, they, so they flew out to Calgary and was it a, was it was a one day shoot. Yeah. it was just Pedro one day. Or... Cool. Cool. And how was, uh, any interesting stories from set, you know, any, anything fun happened? Like what was, uh, what was your whole experience there?
0: No, it was just, uh, it was during COVID 19. So it was a bit difficult. Uh, they couldn't, nobody could line up for food and it was the middle of winter and, uh, Well, everybody got their food in these styrofoam clamshells from catering. By the time it got up to set, it was ice cold. So there's (laughs) nothing like eating ice cold food. And you just, you couldn't eat it. It was impossible. It's terrible.
1: And, but in that setting, like, yeah, filming, filming in COVID, something that massive with giant budget. And I know high hopes that are now being uh, realized. Yeah.
0: But during yeah, COVID, not, yeah,
1: was, was it hard to connect with uh, with the other, um, you know, the other people in the show, the other actors? Because
0: no, no, we we had face shields on because because uh, of makeup. As long as we weren't spewing stuff in their face, that's a, a different thing. I mean, it, it's airborne. Everybody knows that. I think, but uh, but it, it, nothing really changed. It was just. Uh, there were certain lot of protocols going on. I I started a film um, in 2021 and finished it up just sort of like in the high end of COVID-19 in Quebec. We were the first company to start back up in Canada and everybody was masked up and I don't speak French and everybody's speaking French and English and you couldn't understand what anybody was saying because they got masks on. You couldn't see their faces. And they're going, oh, bonjour. I didn't know what the hell
1: they were talking about. <laughs> so uh, so you can't be close to someone and you have no idea what they're talking about. That's perfect for communication.
0: Yeah. And they're spraying disinfectant all over the place. I was sitting in the chair down when this girl came up. Her job was this. She had her disinfectant bottle. She had two of them on the belt. Looked like a gunslinger walking around the set for empty chairs. (laughs) She pulled both of them and started going at this chair, but I was sitting down wind from it and all this disinfectant come blowing over
1: me. Oh, gross.
0: I said, next time war me, did she at least have, oh
2: yeah. I mean, did she at least have finesse? Like, did she kind of like spin the spray bottles around her fingers and then, then kind of squirt, you know,
0: (laughs) she should have. I don't know. She didn't do that. Um, <laughs>
1: um, oh, I had. A, I have a question about um, about Last of Us. And there's one line that you you delivered. I watched. Uh, I watched your episode last night because i I do oh. my I do my research. Um, oh, and do you? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know. I do some a, a third of the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there was a line that you delivered that I just. I wondered what it's like when you get given a line like this. Uh, when he says, uh, I'm looking, I think it was something, I'll botch it, but it was something like, I'm looking to go, to go West. And you like, where do I go if I need to go West? And you, I think say, well, you head East and it's just such a yeah. g- <laughs> great line. So when you see a script with that, like what, what do you, what do you do with uh, When you get given that kind of a, a gem.
0: Well, just say it, <laughs> just take it. <laughs> Just take your time with it. How do I get west? You go east. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nothing big about it, David. Come on, it's just a line. <laughs>
1: it's just such a, a three, home three run. Words. Yeah. Three words. Uh and what when you were doing that show, because it's on the as as Ro had said, it's just such on the pop the lexicon of pop culture right now. Was there a hunch? that this was going to be a big thing did people have that feeling
0: i have no idea i don't know what they had in their minds but uh, a movie is a movie is a movie until the population gets a hold of it and they look at it basically everybody says oh you're working for disney and i said no i'm working for you ah basically because you're watching it you have to be pleased i don't care about disney you have to be pleased you have to like it or you don't like it, you know, man. Good to be Graham, huh?
1: Yeah. I, uh, imagine just being hired always, yeah. no matter what for tons, tons of movies. I mean, 175 acting that's, credits. That's uh, a lot. And just everybody,
2: lot. if you've ever watched a movie or a TV show in your life, there's a chance you've seen grand green. Imagine just having that ubiquity. I want to be that ubiquitous.
1: I uh, do too. He's uh, been in a movie with me. So he's done it all. That's basically a pinnacle of people's career is when they've done a movie with me. So, agreed. It was an honor to have Graham on the show. And uh, yeah, every, like, there's no way, that's what's crazy to be him. There's no way someone hasn't seen you in something because he's been in everything. I love it. Love it. Love it.
2: Thank you, Graham.
1: Thank you, Graham, for joining us. We look forward to more guests coming onto our show as we continue uh, for further episodes. But man, it was great to have him on. And now we get to go to a segment, a newer segment to the show. The segment is called MAGA Monday. Now, again, this segment is recorded not because it's Monday, but because the only thing that has an M in it as a day is Monday, and it goes with MAGA. So MAGA Monday, no matter what day it is. And this MAGA Monday, we wrote we have two pieces of the topic. This is uh, for our, you know, our favorite group of people, the the MAGA people of our country. But the my, that's a joke, not our favorite group. But I do have a favorite MAGA, as you might know if you've listened to this show before. George Santos, who I think is the Andy Kaufman of our generation. He just keeps pulling off brilliant prank after brilliant prank on the U.S. government and the people of the United States to he is still in office. Like this man is still a congressman out of Forest Hills, rich part of, of Queens. He's still in office and he has pulled some of the craziest falsities of any person ever. And he did it again today, Rohit.
2: How does he he get it again today?
1: What did he do? He just doesn't. He doesn't disappoint. He's like the Beatles of politicians who do fraud. He is just constant. So, (laughs) so recently, and by recently, I mean today, federal and state investigators probe Santos' role in a luxury yacht (laughs) sale. (laughs) So here's what's happening. Uh, How how santos who has lied repeatedly about his resume and background obtained money to help underwrite his house campaign is what people don't know but he also helped underwrite a the sale of a 19 million (laughs) dollar (laughs) yacht involving two wealthy donors and people are very curious as to how in the world he did it and they there's not, not much more is known of this yet but There's like donors from his political campaign who helped him underwrite this, and I just—I am in awe of this man. It's like—it's like he does it. He
2: helped sell a yacht, but it wasn't a real. What was the? I don't.
1: So, it's—it's hard to figure out exactly what's going on here. But, um, there there was a sale of a yacht involving two of his wealthy donors, so people who donated to his campaign. Uh, there was a sale of a yacht. Uh, the, law inter- the law enforcement interest in the sale underscores the far reach of the investigations into the embattled congressman's finances. Uh, the Santos previously told them he collected referral fees by brokering these sorts of deals. So he was the middleman in this yacht sale I guess Mm -hmm. but people don't really understand so it's a way to collect illegal donations that
2: exceed the maximum $2,500 amount
1: got it exactly got it okay well that's not cool Uh, no but but again why he is the the most incredible politician ever he keeps getting away (laughs) with it
2: yeah I'm starting to get the idea after like four weeks of of, uh, this segment how this gentleman might might kind of be bad news. But
1: what is bad news these days, Rohit? Bad news is
2: good news for our show. <laughs> guess, you what? to talk about, as we keep saying.
1: And I, I am worried that listeners will think that I'm being totally serious. I'm not. I don't, I don't uh, recommend any of the behavior that George Santos has done. I'm just in awe of it because he is, again, he is a member of Congress from a wealthy district in New York City, the wealthiest wealthiest district in new york city so you have a lot of people who have uh, lots of means who gave lots of money to this guy and because of that we we keep getting these stories and and i i love it i uh, i love it i love that they keep happening and i i i am gonna be very sad of the day when he probably goes to prison (laughs)
2: Which is hopefully soon, <laughs> but hopefully not because I don't want you to be sad. Probably, I don't soon, want but hopefully not for
1: this segment. Either. So that is one half of MAGA Monday. And then we have a second half. And I've told, talked about people in in my lexicon who sometimes write me things and I get into debates or discussions about their very extreme MAGA views on things. And I got into an exchange recently uh, with someone about um if for it started with global warming and global uh and uh, climate change and this person then was saying that it is a party line anyone who thinks global warming is uh is an issue is just angry is just the problem is that we destroy clean American energy. And I said, what? And then he said, it's textbook. It's textbook. You don't even understand. And then they just say, literally, all he says is, I'm 100% right. You're 100% wrong. So then I, uh, I brought up one other uh, thing to him, which I want to ask you about. Because I, I always think that it's kind of cultish. Like, yes, there's climate change. Yes, there's global warming. I mean, I don't know why you have to argue with it. It doesn't have to be political. And I realized this, Rod, and this is my MAGA Monday take. Um, Oh, then he told me that I don't care about the working class because uh, only the extreme, the Republican extreme right cares about the working class. So I, you know, it just keeps going. And my question to you is. How, where can we get to a point where things aren't political? Never where every topic for these extreme people aren't political. I feel when you're in the middle, you can have conversations, but why do the extremes have to make every single thing a political thing?
2: Because they, there's these people that are extreme right, extreme left. They live in an existence that is fear-based. They live in an existence where they are only able to see binary good or evil. And if, and if you and they believe themselves as good and the other side, anybody else that doesn't ascribe to their worldviews as evil to their thing. Yeah. These people don't leave room for nuance. They don't leave room for even evidence contrary to their beliefs. People that are shown firm evidence, whether it is a court conviction or a lack of conviction. Um, You know, people refuse to believe in uh, you know, any sort that they can at atle- ever be hypocrites. They they these are the people that throw out the terms whataboutism. Like you can't even show them that tell them that they're hypocrites because they'll they'll start
1: screaming. Now these people Like right, right. Like this is this guy then said how Mitch McConnell is a fake Republican. Oh, Jesus Christ.
2: There's no true Scotsman type
1: thing. And, and th- here's the thing. And then he and then he and then he called me a zealot. Like you're not a zealot. And here's a thing. The I am a zealot and I am a zealot. No, I just don't get like, that's just not me. And here's the thing. There's things that
2: you and I will go off about that. We don't necessarily see eye to eye, but we'll always be able to talk about them. Um, The, but there, there is the people that are running the world. The loudest voices are the voices. Unfortunately, that are not the most nuanced, but they're the voices that are screaming and, I think sadly these are the ones that get the retweets and it news and government operates based off of what happens in tweets. Identity politics is absolutely overtaking class politics and it's a, it's a damn shame. We don't, and this could came to not be part of the working class. We are, most of us are part of the working class because most of us are not part of the wealthy class. We are all employees, whether it's white collar, blue collar, you know, we are all generally not rich. So we are the working class. And the the odds have been stacked against us. We can't buy homes. We can't, uh, you know, it's, it's many people can't afford proper medical care. So this is, the cost of living is just out of control. No, it, it's. But how do you talk to these well, people? Well, I think it's, you get to a point where you ask for evidence, just, and again.
1: I've done that. I've done that. And then I'm called a zealot zealot. And it's like, huh? me? And I told him like, dude, I'm usually one of the more, I push the other way, oh, as yeah. you know, Rohit. You're, like, I push the other way. I don't like. I don't know what. Uh, oh, this is a quote. Yeah. Well, can I just read this? Because this just shows where. How can you find anything? Because uh, he said, um, he said, I beat the word unity like a drum, like no other. He, but I do. I talk about unity. I like the idea of people mm-hmm. being unified, right? He said, I beat it like a drum. And I point directly to Biden. It's insane. He's the most divisive figure of our lifetime. And I just said, what? Him? There are divisive yeah. people going on. He is not the most divisive figure yeah, in I our life. And just
2: like most presidents before him, Joe Biden fucking sucks. And the... Hey, yeah hey, so, I don't agree with you there. Trust me. He doesn't suck as much as the previous guy, but he still sucks. And... The, uh, there is no attempt at actual unity right now. Everybody in the politics that talks about unity is only talking about it on paper, but never in practice. And yeah, there, there's no, there's no actual unity except the people that want it, but we will never get it because our politicians will not allow it. The newspapers will not allow it. The news organizations, all they do, they only get clicks by pushing division. They don't get clicks by pushing unity. It's not profitable. And ex- and it's, pushing exactly. extreme
1: views and then saying they're one And then saying they're exactly. 100% right. views.
2: You can't even have debates about whether it is uh, I mean when, you know, it's funny because a lot of the the, the vaccine uh, sort of skeptics that were silenced and all, all, a lot of things they're saying have like sadly been proven true, right? About what we know now about masks and the vaccine and it sucks. I'm still happy I got fucking vaccinated and boosted, but I, it's, it's still very scary how they weren't even allowed to have these conversations. Science is not settled, right? Whether it's that or hormone blockers or the climate, I think you science, the pull point of science, it is never being settled. It is meant to be talked about. And anybody that wants to engage in scientific conversations, even economics is a science. And a science means you are always yeah. experimenting and learning. It is never, ever, ever, ever settled. And the people at the far left and the far right are the ones that firmly believe that they know the truth and that their science is settled. These people are not engaging in proper scientific debate.
1: Any, basically any opinion that you might have, Rohit just gave opinions, I gave opinions. You can't give an opinion and then say you're 100% right. And when someone, this person kept doing that to me, I'm 100% right, case closed, he kept saying. Like, your opinion is not 100% right. It's your opinion. Just like it's my opinion. Just like it's Rowett's opinion. Everyone can have an opinion. But for you to say that your opinion is 100% right means you are wrong. You can't do that. You can say you believe in your opinion. But you can't say that it's 100% right. There is no opinion. The word opinion is an opinion. It's not 100% right. It's not a fact. It's an yes. opinion. And what are you it's even basing that
2: on? You're basing that off of people that are not impartial right? People that get paid to generate clicks, whether it's a pundit or a reporter or a politician, these people, nobody's, they don't have pure motives. They're driven to say what they're saying either by position, power or capital. And so you're taking their word and just trusting it. Trust no one, trust nobody that in the public sphere, because they are not there with their own pure intentions. So this, this, yeah. So it's, I want you to say, listen, you're basing your entire world view off of other people who you don't know if you can trust them or not. And you know, if you can't trust one side, what does it mean? Your side's good. Your side's always trustable. And the other side is not You is not trustable. No, nobody. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody. That's the whole thing. The, we, as it is a class war, it's the, it's about money and power and politics and influence versus the rest of us. And they will do whatever we can. So we divide themselves. So we do not gang up. And take them on.
1: But long live George Santos. Jesus, I, I'm having trouble
2: even comedically, uh, like, agreeing with you. But yes, long live George Santos because he keeps this show alive.
1: He keeps—he's yeah. he's the reason for this show. And Rohit, yeah. I think what you just said is a perfect segue into topic two, into the art, uh, the topic I want to bring to the table. It's about um, the the government having too much sway and power with their Mm -hmm. opinions. Uh, So here's what happened in Houston today. The uh, Texas announces takeover of Houston schools. So what does this mean? Texas officials on Wednesday announced a state takeover over Houston's nearly 200,000 student public school district the eighth largest in the country, acting on years of threats and angering Democrats who assailed the move as political. The announcement, made by Republican Governor Greg Abbott's Education Commissioner, amounts to one of the largest school takeovers ever in the U.S. It also deepens a high-stakes rift between Texas's largest city, where Democrats wield control, and state Republican leaders who have sought increased authority following election fumbles. The takeover is the latest example of Republican and predominantly white state officials pushing to take control of actions in heavily minority and Democrat led cities. And I feel hopeless by this because it feels like what just with that article on this is on AP. What it uh this is seems like a big problem. Like I mean, you're it's you're, you're really politicizing the education system in a for and the people who are politicizing it are not the people who are the constituents of that district.
2: Here's the thing. This public school district. Has been critically historically failing, and there's already been so much corruption that's been found in the school district with contracts and everything. And the, it, the funds are being extremely mismanaged, not going to students. And their test scores are so abysmal that this is like an emergency sort of like we need to stop. Something is significantly, significantly wrong with the Houston school district.
1: So. But is the answer to have uh, to do what they're I mean, it seems like they're going to be imposing. Let me see. They're going to be imposing. uh, Not necessarily what that constituency wants the, as part of the education. The
2: constituency, system? these are the taxpayers, right? That are paying for their kids to be edu- yes. educated and their kids are not being educated. So what So what do you think is more important? The state putting its hands in there being like, yo, we need to stop and see what the fuck is happening because right now these students are not learning. They have like historically low test scores. It's absolutely scary. And if you're a parent, wouldn't you want somebody to come in and help? Or do you want the same, uh, like the same corrupt people that are destroying the school system? Do you want them to continue doing that just because they're a
1: teachers' union? Well, then why does uh, historically, when this has happened in places like Philadelphia and such, I think St. Louis, the it's almost never led to any improvement. They've never seen these kind of government takeovers of these school be- districts have not led to time. any improvement. It just and these schools will be different-
2: failing for some time. And if you look at the charter schools and the private schools in those same areas, you notice it's not a problem. And they're, they're excelling. It's not a problem with the students. Because students from all diverse backgrounds are attending these schools, both public, private, charter. When it's only your public school systems that are critically failing, while the other ones are succeeding in the same area, then you know it's failing because of the people running it, and you do not let those people continue to run it. But
1: it's also it's just financial. So it's just financial too. Look at some of the the uh, the, the Houston the Houston uh, school system spends on average three thousand dollars less per student than the national average. Forget uh, forget you know big cities. The national average they spend three thousand dollars less per student. So isn't that so are maybe a problem? That there's be not good enough if they funding
2: got for the. Because look at New York. New York had their public schools are absolutely horrific. L.A., San Francisco, horrific public schools in in many 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 areas that will get double the national average on funding. Is is money the answer?
1: I don't know what the answer is, but I don't know that a takeover like this, where there's already a lot of um, a lot of problems in in questioning of what's being taught in yeah. school systems and who's in control of that. I mean, you have an I'm AD, not sure of this is the, in the
2: same district, you know, same area right next to each other, one that's run by run by one group and the other's run by another. Same people, same students, same types of students, and you just look at the absolute difference, then you find the common problem is the people running it. And often these charter schools are run for less money per student. So this is this is
1: All right, I'll take that as I'll I'll try to take some hope, in uh, in that hopefully these takeovers don't become politicized like we were talking about before, and instead just become about helping the students because that's what I hope for. And you know I fight for that stuff a lot with the I am able yeah. foundation. I mean I if I you watch, like, like Waiting that. for Superman and I just
2: you know this documentary from like thirteen years ago that was just talking about. Even in New York, big cities like you, literally have teachers that are spending that are that are being paid entire annual salaries for years that are just go to sit in these rooms where the teachers are in detention because they can't be fired. But it's costing taxpayers and it's taking away from the students' money because you're paying teachers seventy thousand dollars a year just to sit in rooms the entire year because they're not allowed to teach, but they're not allowed to be fired. And like so much money is wasted, it's time for that to stop.
1: Well, I will. I will take. Um I will take your wisdom and your uh, and your advice here, and I will give it a hope gong. Fingers crossed. Yes, that's what I'll say. Fingers crossed because we need something to give. And now we have hopeless TV. Hopeless TV. We get into all every every show, and this time we have a fun topic. We have the the recap of the Oscars and Oscars that Rohit did not watch and has no idea. Because I was at South by
2: Southwest for some reason. The Oscars, The Last of Us season finale, and South by Southwest were all on the same Sunday, and that does not help me. So actually, here's the thing: I have no. All I know is Michelle Yeoh won for uh, Best Actress, but I do not know who won Best Picture. I don't know anybody who won any other award because I've been very busy. I just got back, um, and so to, Aaron, this this will be as if as if it hasn't happened yet, as much as I know.
1: All right, well, we've got... And we'll hit on a few more of these things as we, as we get to the conclusion of the show. But the winner of Best Picture 2023 goes to, opening the envelope for Rohit, Everything, mm. Everywhere, All at Once. Not a shocker. One Best good. Picture. No. And then uh, Brendan Fraser won Aww. Best Actor for The Whale. And Kihui Kwan won Best supporting actors for everything everywhere all at once yes and what makes his story amazing and he's probably the he's what's going to be remembered most from this oscars is he was the kid star of the -hmm. indiana jones and the temple of doom no way goonies and dr jones he he was uh yes and goonies he's the um what's the kid's name in it yeah I i think um so, so he had a massive child star thing. And then it disappeared. And then he was in the movie Encino Man with Brendan Fraser. And then after that, it like stopped. He couldn't, he was done because he grew up. And he's, he worked as a stunt coordinator. He worked as a, um, I forget. They, there's a bunch of, he just worked all kinds of jobs. And But he just, he couldn't get an acting job. And like 30 years later, he's up there and he won an Oscar. And he gave the best speech. And it was emotional. It was so cool. For the Oscar, and this just gives me hope in general for the world because it just shows that anything can happen to anyone. And it seems like he's a great guy. Who was the person who happened to be presenting best picture? It's Harrison None Ford. other than yes. Harrison Ford. So Harrison Ford gets, goes to the podium to present, and there's one person standing up cheering in the crowd, and it's Kehoe Kwan, by himself, just screaming for Harrison Ford. Because yeah. as a little kid, yeah. this was his like, thing. They, like, they did a movie Indeed. together. Probably, I'm guessing the biggest movie. Yeah. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. The ba- probably the biggest movie of that year, I'm guessing. And, and it was him. These were the two stars of it. It was Harrison Ford and this kid. So he's standing up for him. Then the movie gets called and it wins. And Kiyohi Kwan like runs up to the stage and just starts hugging Harrison Ford like a like a father figure, just like and he's and Kehoe Kwan's like probably fifty, but he was just hugging him like a father figure because of all people, he's the one who presented Kiyohi Kwan's movie with Best Picture, and it was just it was a very very cool moment and. I think it just shows for the hope that we try to bring in this show at episode 100 that no matter what you do, no matter when you think all is lost, there's always, there's always hope in your life and in I the world. Love it.
2: That, that's so heartwarming. And who won best actor and, over like starting, or not starting a uh, lead actor. Oh, Brennan, right, right, right. Brennan who Rager. won best
1: supporting actress? Uh, Jamie oh,
2: from Jamie Lee. Everything everyone wants.
1: Wow. Oh, and that that had a little controversy because she won, and then in the you know they have like the squares with with everyone's face for the reaction, and Angela Bassett, who was also nominated for Uh uh, for uh, Wakanda Forever, Uh her face when when she did not win was very nice, and and I, I yeah you're not really supposed to do that, so. That was a point of, I think, Twitter controversy is Angela Bassett's reaction looked none too happy. and uh, and she didn't uh oh, and she didn't on, clap man. either. She didn't clap when Jamie Le- and again, these are two actresses who have been around yep. for our whole lives, right? Like they've Jamie Lee Curtis has been a star forever. Angela Bassett's been a star forever. And neither of them have won an Oscar, so how can you not be rooting at least, like you know, one of your you know, not the uh, you're not a twenty year old starlet anymore, and you're both nominated, and one of you is going to win. I just I, I think that was weak. Wow,
2: um, it's interesting because it's I like as you're saying, I was like, oh, I want to see what how better her reaction was, and it's like just see the different news sources, the way they report it. Um, so New York Post says oh, what Angela is it? Bassett doesn't clap for Jamie Lee Curtis Oscar win. Quote: kind of shady. But then Time says Angela Bassett's deeply human reaction to her Oscars loss. It's,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's like come, come on, fuck on, man! Like, yeah. Geez, really? Yeah. Deeply human. And then Time, you're an actress. You're a paid actress, at least at the yeah, very least. Even like the article, when you lose. the first sentence Pretend. in this quote-unquote
2: article in time was, I did not expect Angela Bassett to win an Oscar for Harrell and Black Panther work on it forever. That's her first sentence. But like, come on. Even the artist that was defending what? her, saying it was deeply human. Come on. And so everybody that is there I mean, is like, human. Literally everybody.
1: I could say this, not at all relating to it being it. A- Oscar nominee, although Graham Greene, who was just on Mm -hmm. can as an Oscar nominee, who did not win. Um, But I've been nominated for awards before and been in an audience and lost many times. And you know what you do when you lose? You clap and cheer for the other person because someone's going to win. And most of the other people are going to lose. If there's five, you've got four losers. So your chances of winning are slim. But being nominated is great. And to not cheer on the other person almost takes away from even that pleasure and privilege That's... of getting nominated to me. It takes it away from you. Because how can you not be at least happy that one of the five people that were that it, where it was awesome enough that you got the nomination, well, one of you won and four you lost, but at least be a little You're happy that, gracious, that that other person man. won. You're not going to... Be a little happy you're already on the big stage you're already there so that was the that like the opposite of kihoi kwan was uh was that to me it was just like come on get over yourself so uh that's uh that's the oscars for you and uh, oh and the RRR song one too i thought you'd be excited about the um uh, natu Natu. This. It was a song in the Indian film, like a Bollywood kind of film. Well, they did a performance of the song, which was awesome, and then a live performance, and then it won. And it was like this is. Oh, was he funny? Jimmy Kimmel hosted the show. He had some good moments, you know. Nothing, nothing amazing, but he did fine. It was like laughed sometimes. Some things were a little cringe.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Kind of what you'd expect. Uh. And everything, everywhere, all at once. Really Not my favorite it. It movie really of the year, fun. but it won. But I'm just happy. Also, my Asians got some uh, some rap, in, some rep. Oh, that's great. That was cool. It was uh, a lot of. Uh, it was uh, the Asian Oscars. That's... They won the like the Asian actually lately. It's just Asia. It's amazing because Asians historically have done terribly with getting roles in in cinema, and it's just been unfair. And lately. It's been a, a bit of a, a comeback, you know. Parasite, um, everything, everywhere, all once won seven, including the first time an Asian um, has an Asian has won Best Actress with Michelle Yao. So, really, very uh, very cool to see um, to see that representation. I'm, just, I'm here for the Michelle Yao. She is fucking awesome. Um, so now we have as we're going getting to the end of this episode 100, but we have a couple more big big things to cover. First. Guess the BTS. For 100 episodes, it, we have been massive fans of this band, BTS. When we started this show 100 episodes ago, we didn't know one song of theirs. But we decided, I think I did first, so I apologize in advance. But I don't really because it's made it this far. That we are huge fans of the band BTS. And we have gone through the ringer with them. We've covered so many different stories about them. They've become really the biggest thing in the world. And so, can you row it? Because Road always has to guess every week. Can you guess what happened with BTS? I'm going to
2: guess one of them wrote a book.
1: It's a great guess. Actually, that's one of your better guesses. Oh. And no. unfortunately, you're God wrong. Damn it. But I really like that guess. Um, but because right now the band is on a hiatus, but there are rumors going around that in 2025, there will be a contract renewal and BTS will come back after they finish well, their military service well, well. in South Korea. Okay, So that gives me hope for our show, that we can continue this segment and overuse yeah. this segment for many more years to come. And just to the ground, we want this segment to be like just, we yeah. just oh, want Maybe to one day we'll, just obliterate we'll to have it. them on the show. <laughs> Oh yeah, BTS, if you're listening, yes. maybe after you're done serving, we'll, we'll have you on. Hope in 60 seconds. So, now we have our second Hope Let's in 60. let and effing roll. Are you we ready got, for We've got a few
2: rolling. here, and then we're going to wrap up the show. Okay, Land. Uh, I think, Aaron, you're up first on this one, right? Let's
1: go. I am. My hope comes in the form of Polly Shore. The comedian and actor of such huge films as Encino Man, Biodome, Jury Duty, classics. And I just feel hopeless for Polly Shore because he made, was made fun of by Jimmy Kimmel at the Oscars because his two co stars from Encino Man, Brendan Fraser and Kihoe Kwan, both won Oscars at the same time. <laughs> and Polly Shore hasn't done anything in years.
2: Well, Pauly Shore will always be remembered so for, hope. hey, buddy, um, I do think there's a Pauly Shore revival along the way, and hey, Hope, for filmmakers out there, maybe this is a chance for you to get, work off of Polly Shore's old reputation but cast him in a serious role. Maybe this is a chance for him, like Brendan Fraser, as you just mentioned, to reinvent his career. Um, so I'm here for the Pauly Shore film noir. <laughs> I would
1: love to see him in I Am Sam 2. Hope is there. Hope gone. Um, Hope is there.
2: All right. Salesforce, a company that specializes in stuff for, I don't know, companies that do business and do sales or something. Um, Yeah. They have reportedly been paying Matthew McConaughey $10 million a year as their creative advisor. All right. All right. Right.
1: Nah. Just Dis- I get older, they stay the same sales force.
2: <sighs> exactly. They've been paying him $10 million a year, despite laying off eight thousand employees last month. Hope.
1: Yeah. All right, all right. Uh look, it's about quanti- quality, not quantity. <laughs> and when you got McConaughey, when you got McConaughey in there, that's quality right there. Were the other 8,000 in the Dallas Buyers Club? No. That's it. Okay.
2: And to quote uh, a Redditor, that's what I love about Salesforce, man. The workforce gets smaller, my paychecks stay the same.
1: Same. All right. All right. That's a hope gong right there. I feel hope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty fucking ridiculous. You don't, $10 million a year is like three of me as an employee in terms of salary. So like, imagine having three of me, you know, I'm just kidding. I do not make $3 million a year. Um, just take but away if, some but, zeros, but,
1: they, <laughs> so, but do those other 8,000 people take off their shirt in Kate Hudson rom-coms
2: no. or no. just lean on people on every co- cover of everything um, with their arms crossed.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Are they in true detective? No,
2: but yeah, it's so 10 million a year. That's one hundred,
1: one $100,000 jobs. Alright, I feel hope. Good for McConaughey. What the fuck? It's terrible, yeah. but I feel hope. I'm gonna hope gong for McConaughey. Good for him. Yeah,
2: get the bag. Okay. The get next it. one um is this one hurts a lot to read. Um, but I'm gonna do it anyway because I think it's the right thing to do. Um and alright, so the NATO, so NATO, this is this is kind of a couple weeks old. They put out a tweet that um it's meant to be inspirational that goes like this and oh no, I lost it. God fucking damn it. Uh, it's okay. We're still got 44 44 seconds. seconds. Um, Oh, man. Oh, man. This, you know, we're working against the clock. i not going to have many You know, seconds. we're going to make use of the time anyway. And the tweet here is, yes, um, Ukraine is hosting one of the great epics of the century. We are Harry Potter and William Wallace, the Na'vi and Han Solo. We're escaping from Shawshank and blowing up the Death Star. We are fighting with the Harkonnens and challenging Thanos. What? This is a fucking tweet from NATO about the Ukraine war.
1: All right. I have hope. That was the second Shawshank Redemption reference in this show, unplanned. And while that t- tweet is terrible to compare the Ukraine to these movies, I love the fact that we now have two Shawshank Redemption, my favorite movie of all time. Fine, fine, references fine. In you got it show. for a
2: Shawshank reference. But yes, that this is arguably the cringiest tweet of this
1: year already, and it's only one. Lives first. are dying left yeah, and right. This was it's, it's terrible. But I'm hope-gogging yeah. Shawshank. Shawshank, great <laughs> movie. And now we get to finish our show, finish episode 100 with a submission and a little hope fulfilled. And we really do hope you have enjoyed episode 100. We've been so excited to bring it to you. Here is a submission. It is from Carl in Maryland. Uh, He wrote, do minority lives matter? Question marks. Minorities are less to you. Give them tents like your governor, meaning in California. Zero problems get solved under such stupid leadership. Uh so I mean I think this was directed at me. So sh- should I answer it, I guess? Yeah. Okay, so do minority lives matter? Yeah, of course they do. I don't know why you would think I don't think they matter. Well, Carl, I appreciate the very kind question. <laughs> I do feel they matter. And so when you say that minorities are less to me, I don't think that at all. I have been nice enough to give my co host a platform on this show, and he's a minority. And so, obviously, obviously, minorities matter to me because I have been.
2: That
0: you're, you're pulling gracious. the whole,
2: One of my co hosts is
1: a minority. <laughs> yeah, so therefore. Therefore it's okay, Carl. So I don't know what you're saying about about me, but uh I know I know an Indian and he's a co host of mine and that means I care. And yeah, of course he yes, he sleeps in my backyard yeah. under a tent. And honestly,
2: the fine. homeless encampments that you keep setting fire to, they have all sorts of people, <laughs> you know, both minorities and not. Yeah. I've seen so many of the whites yeah. in there, too. Well, by by the end of it, everybody's very crispy, um, kind of charcoal. So, yeah, everybody is the same color after you set them, all those encampments on fire.
1: After you set them. So, look, Carl, I don't know exactly what you're talking about here, but I do know. Don't watch the media. Don't watch the news so much. If you live in California, if you go to... I've been to other states, too. Everyone basically has a homeless problem right now. Like, it's just... Part of a lot of yeah. society, and you know. Right and now. here's the thing:
2: our and, homeless problem isn't exclusively due to poor leadership because everybody has poor leadership. But here's the thing: this is the best go. place to be homeless. There's other cities that it's warm. Well, no, it rains I all. Mean, rains yeah, all the, now, time, it rains now, all the but, time, but most of the year it's really nice. You can hang out on the beach
1: and literally. <laughs> remember back when we had a. Remember back when we had a drought in October. Oh my God! Yeah. Now we're not going to have a drought for years.
2: It'll be back to drought probably by August,
1: but at least, you know, it's, it's been great for nature. Truly great for nature, Uh, which is good. We, we talk about great. So hope fulfilled Mm -hmm. to end our show. And thank you again, Carl, for that very kind submission. (laughs) Um, We love our, we love our guests. We, I mean, we love our submission, our submissions. Anyone, when you have a submission, we gladly take it and answer it for you. So thank you, Carl. So hope fulfilled. What, what is the first thing here? Oh, that's an old topic that I'm just going to delete that I don't even care about anymore. All right. So some of our hope fulfilled is yeah. gone. But the big hope fulfilled that we just really need to hammer home is I, Rohit, and then speak for yourself. I am so grateful, honored. I, I really, from the bottom of my heart, when, when we th- thought to do this one year ago, March, was it? It might be exactly three years ago. That was, sorry, three years ago, I think that we did our first episode. Yes. It might be exactly three years ago the, to for, the our day. Our very first episode is March 8th, 2020. So it's not to the day. It's to three years of the week. it's very, it's to the month. So I just feel honored that I get to do this with you, Rohit. I mean, to I couldn't pick a better partner and you're a minority, so it gives me street yeah. cred. I, I could not, yeah, I just, I never could have th- would have thought that we'd be three years in, have done 100 episodes, and, and also to our listeners. I mean, without you, we're just talking to ourselves, which, uh, which isn't as cool. So thank you for everyone who listens, and we are going to keep going. This is, this is not the end. This is the beginning of the next chapter of The Hopeless Show and so thank you rohit and thank you to all of our listeners and to tim to, who uh, produces it and and we just uh, to nate who who did a lot of work on this show and to anyone else who has helped we really yeah. thank you and all our guests all oh our and all our guests. all the guests we've had too um, we thank you too. So, any what do what do you have to add? To the, uh, I to think this? that
2: this is this has been such a great project thus far, and I think it's only getting bigger. And this may have been the longest episode ever. And we promise, if you're a new listener, they're usually an hour, not two, but we uh, wanted to really make this a special <laughs> one for you. Just bring everything, bring the heat, and the uh, you know we we're excited for you joining this journey with us. And yeah, please tell your friends about the show, and we'd love for them to give it a listen too and you know, BTS has their army and hopefully The Hopeless Show has its harem. I'm trying to think, or the, you know, we're not harem, we're not trying to do the Harem? Or maybe we have our militia, The Hopeless Show militia. That's good in in today's environmental context using that term, right? Like that's not, it's not a hot term or heated term. Um, No, not at all, no, no, (laughs) never,
1: (laughs) no. And Militia will tell you where we're going to storm. Yes.
2: So until then, uh, storm the reviews and... Um,
1: oh, yeah. Rate, yeah. A, rate us, review us. And I already feel hopeless about something, Rohit, to go into our next What's episode. Uh, I, I gave you a lot of props and Craig gave you a lot of uh, love in my thanks. <laughs> and you gave me none. <laughs> <laughs> Okay,
2: well, that's a very good point, and actually, you're right. That it should go without saying.
1: No, no, we, you can't you can't make it up now. It's just we're just ending this show. We are ending this show with that. You choose if you do or don't want it I'm, another I'm time. I'm happy you to every work with a person that has
2: hair and ears, and and is able to like just you know laugh at all my jokes, and uh, is just you know I couldn't ask for a better person to be um, sort of having this this you know discussion about the worst things in the world each week so you make them butter buddy
1: i uh thank you man i i can't i i don't know if in my life i've had a more sincere <laughs> sincere complimented, and uh so thank you for that and and thank you to everyone who who is listening and has listened i'm aaron the aaron wolf on social he's vohit for row the number four we're the hopeless show on all social platforms and until episode 101, stay open. When the world seems golden and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light
0: shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rose hit world.